Welcome to Orphan Sunday Stories of Impact, presented by the Christian Alliance for Orphans. This limited podcast series shares how a simple, God-breathed idea is changing lives all over the world. This is Jed Medifin, president of the Christian Alliance for Orphans. I don't think there's anything better this side of heaven than getting to be a little part of a great story. These stories remind that even small acts of advocacy, care, and encouragement can make all the difference. Here's your host, Sandra Flack. Our guest today is foster and adoptive mom, Gloria Jordan. Welcome to the show, Gloria. It's great to be here, Sandra. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an honor to have you on, Gloria. You and your husband, DJ, have three biological boys. They're 16, 12, and 10. And if that doesn't make for a full enough house, you have a daughter adopted through foster care. She is seven. So what role did Orphan Sunday play in your family's adoption and foster care story? Yeah, so Orphan Sunday was definitely the catalyst for us beginning our adoption. We attended our first Orphan Sunday in November of 2010 and started our foster care process several months later in July of 2011, which was the very same month our daughter was born. And 16 months later, and nearly two years to the day of our first Orphan Sunday, we welcomed our little girl into our home as her foster family. And her adoption was finalized, and we officially became a forever family in September 2013. Our friends who were part of Orphan Sunday were also the ones to assist our small group in knowing how to provide supportive wraparound care for our entire family, from providing meals, bringing toddler supplies and furniture and toys and clothes, driving our bio boys to all of their activities, picking up groceries, taking care of odd jobs, mowing the lawn, a little bit of everything. We had a group of people walking alongside us. Many people involved in foster care, all of them participated in Orphan Sunday, were also a listening ear, an encouraging word, and directed us to a wealth of knowledge from people, books, conferences, and podcasts such as yours. And I commend you, Sandra, on the work that you do. Your influence is great and greatly appreciated. Oh, well, thank you. So that first Orphan Sunday was like a call to arms for your church. And, of course, it resulted in your family adopting. So share the rest of the story about bringing your daughter home. It started with Orphan Sunday, but tell us what happened next. Yeah, <laughs> Our story is definitely a God story. We knew we wanted to adopt, and as I already said, we had three bio boys, Trey, Tyson, and Taylor, and my pregnancies had gotten progressively more difficult. I love my rambunctious boys, but desperately wanted a girl, and the only way to ensure that would be through adoption. We also did not have the money to finance an international or domestic adoption. Foster to adopt costs nothing. In fact, most of the time, they come with Medicaid and a small stipend for food and clothes. Uh, One can never predict what type of child will enter the foster care system, so we knew when we said we were looking for a young girl under five that it might take some time. Youth over eight typically makes up the majority of kids in foster care, and there are more boys in care than girls. As an aside, Sandra, kids that are in care They are there because something was done to them, not because of something they did. Mm. 
older kids, boys, minorities, all of those are less pursued by outside families, thus there are more of them. Unfortunately, bias and prejudice infiltrates all arenas and foster care is no exception. Uh, we were waiting for a young girl and while we were waiting, we were going to provide respite care for foster families until they found a permanent placement. We started as a respite foster family, providing a home for foster families who were not permitted to take kids out of state or the country for vacation or for families that simply needed a chance to rest and recharge, or for kids that were in between permanent placements. Respite care is typically very short-term, ranging from a weekend to a few weeks of care. It is desperately needed for foster parents to be able to have a weekend getaway on occasion. And we wanted to be the Aaron, so to speak, the man who held up Moses' arms in Exodus 17 so the Amalekites would continue to be defeated. We wanted to hold up the arms of foster families to be able to continue to pour into the lives of vulnerable foster youth. Our family welcomed our first foster youth, a 12-year-old girl, in April 2012. She stayed with us for less than a month, celebrating her 13th birthday with our small group before moving to another home. We still stay in contact with her. She has since aged out of foster care uh, last year and has a son of her own to whom I am a Gigi, as I am far too young to be anyone's grandma. <laughs> Our daughter came to us in November 2012. She had been in foster care since she was six weeks old. Her mother had also been in foster care as a youth. Her mom was raped twice, abused drugs and alcohol, and dropped out of school in the eighth grade. The system drastically failed our daughter's birth mom. Mm -hmm. Our daughter's birth mom and her biological father had nine kids between them. There were signs of this vicious cycle of abuse, neglect, and dangerous coping mechanisms repeating itself from one generation to the next. Despite all of this brokenness, I am so very grateful for the woman who chose life, which brought our family such great joy. She is the real hero. Mm -hmm. So when our daughter came to our family, she was 16 months old. She could not walk or crawl. She did not feed herself or hold her bottle. And she was only 16 pounds and in the 10th percentile for her weight. We were also told there was a possibility she might not walk due to some problems with her leg and asked if we were prepared to put in a ramp and other assistive devices. Unfortunately, we briefly hesitated as we are an active family, but felt she was what God had for our family and said we'd do the ramp if need be. But God is faithful. Within a few weeks, our daughter was crawling and she took her first steps on Christmas Day 2012. Mm -hmm. Today, she runs and jumps and swims with her strong legs. There is absolutely nothing wrong with her legs. Every time I see her sprint, I say, look at what my God can do. She had her termination of parental rights court hearing in May of 2013, and our family made a small picture book of our daughter um, over the past six months that she had been with us. Her birth mother willingly relinquished her rights as parents. She said the pictures of us at Christmas, on vacation, and doing everyday things made her realize our family was best for her. And she said something that continues to haunt me. She said it was the first time she had seen her smile. Our sweet baby was nearly two years old and had weekly visits scheduled with her birth mom, yet this was the first time she had seen her baby smile. 
I truly believe we both prayed desperately for our little girl, and God answered both our prayers. Mm. September 13, 2013, her adoption was finalized, and our oldest son, Trey, got to rename her. She officially became Victoria Justice Jordan. We call her Tori. Go with all the other T's, Trey, <laughs> Tyson, Taylor, and Tori. I can't get any of them straight, but it's cute on Christmas cards. <laughs> so, Gloria, tell us about your brother and sister-in-law and what they did. <laughs> yeah. So, again, the impact that Orphan Sunday has had on the church and the surrounding communities is great. Um I don't know everything, obviously. We don't know the fruits of our labor, but we are simply called to be obedient and let God develop that seed of obedience. Um, I can say over the past six years, not only did we foster and adopt our daughter, but my brother and his family fostered and adopted three boys. In fact, three years and three days after our daughter's adoption, my brother and his family welcomed three boys into their family. Another fun God coincidence is our daughter and his middle son were born on the same day in the same city, and we adopted them three years apart while my brother and I lived in two separate states. Talk about glimpses of God's divine handiwork. Mm. Wow. So that first Orphan Sunday in your church was five years ago. Now your husband DJ's men's group was also impacted, how many of them are adopting? Well, again, I can't really say all of the impact, but I can say that dozens of our friends have adopted and um, countless ministries have been started. There have been multiple Orphan Sundays. Uh, We've conducted several workshops at the National Christian Alliance for Orphans. We've led an outreach to minority communities to partner with social services. Both my husband and I have served on pregnancy boards in Maryland and Virginia. He was actually the chair of the Virginia State Social Services appointed by the governor, serving the foster youth of our state by raising the age when they leave the system from 18 to 21. That act alone potentially rescues countless young adults from homelessness, human trafficking, unplanned pregnancies, and jail time. More foster youth finish high school, go to college, get jobs to support themselves, and become active, contributing members of society. We've seen entire communities rise up and answer the call of the vulnerable and voiceless since our first Orphan Sunday. Wow. Oh, many seeds have been planted. Many have been watered, and many have come to fruition. God's heart is very close to the most vulnerable amongst us, and it truly is an honor and privilege to see it at work. Only just a small Mm, And God is still moving as a result of that very first Orphan Sunday. And our listeners, yeah, our listeners can learn more about Orphan Sunday and its foster care counterpart, Stand Sunday. So if you really want as a church to focus on foster care, 
you can call it Stand Sunday, which just kind of gives that image of standing for vulnerable children, standing for kids in foster care. You can learn about both Orphan Sunday and Stand Sunday by visiting the website for Christian Alliance for Orphans, which is CAFO, C-A-F-O dot org. You could also go to OrphanSunday.org or StandSunday.org. You will find tons of information and free resources to help your church plan your observance of Orphan Sunday or Stand Sunday. So, Gloria, as we wrap up here today, what is on your heart that you really want our listeners to hear? Well, in closing, I just want to say we don't know the fruits of our labor. We are simply called to be obedient and let God develop the seed of that obedience. I'd like to share a true story from one of the pastors at my church. Uh, Pastor Scott was celebrating his son's second birthday with a pool party. The pastor was eagerly anticipating the, the cake as he rarely ate sweets and was looking forward to indulging in the rare treat of birthday cake. His wife looked up asking, where is Zion, their small son? She saw something at the bottom of the pool and immediately knew that was her son. She dove in with her clothes on to rescue him from a possible catastrophic fate. Mm. As she struggled to get him out and make sure he was breathing, her husband was overcome with relief that his only son was saved. He was also struck with the realization that he had been so hyper-focused on the comfort of eating cake that he failed to see the life of a small boy desperately in need of help. God immediately showed him the parallel that serving others may mean you forego some of the comforts and pleasures of everyday life. But the joy of permanently altering the trajectory of a child's life pales in comparison. Serving others may be messy, may get wet, may struggle to get to the surface. Foster care, adoption, starting organizations and ministries that seek to rescue the most vulnerable amongst us is not comfortable or easy. But the joy that comes from it far surpasses the difficulties. Psalms 126.5 says, Those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. The rewards that come from serving others is worth it. You will not only help someone in need, you will reap blessings that you cannot even fathom. So forego a little cake and dive in. See those that society has failed to see. Seek for the voiceless. Seek those that are lost and you both will come out victors. That's my Orphan Sunday. Join us in declaring God's glory through these Orphan Sunday stories. It all begins with your church observing Orphan Sunday or Stand Sunday this November. Visit OrphanSunday.org for your free resource toolkit to help you plan your Orphan Sunday. Then send us your Orphan Sunday story with the hashtag MyOrphanSunday. Sunday.